Welcome back to episode 39 and a half of Who's on Top. We just uh, This is our auxiliary episode we j- just recorded yesterday with Adam Lefko. Go check it out. Great, great episode. Kind of long, but hey, it had so much good discussion. And Daniel got insulted a lot, so some bonuses. I'm your host, Ori Benary, and today I'm going to introduce our analysts again. Without Adam Lefko, we have the Adam Lefko simp, Ellis Gordon. I don't know since when I became a simp for him, but yeah, that was fun last night. Hey. Always, because you're always agreeing with him. And then speaking, speaking out of turn, we have the first bro, Jacob Kazan. What's up, guys? Looking especially dashing today in his little collared corduroy shirt. We have Jeremy Giles. Uh, we don't, we don't question what it is, but I am at your service as always. And finally, the quarterback who's back in commission, Daniel Fox. I don't get a. I look nice. That's an implicit, uh, implicit okay. statement already. Anyway, we have some MLB free agency, some reactions from yesterday, and some poetry. We have a special, special poetry showdown between me and Jeremy today. I think I might take the crown, but not to hype myself up too much, but I'm going to be a Daniel and hype myself up. So anyway, uh, let's start off with any fun stories from the week. We've all been back at least a week. Um, that being me and Jacob, it was Jacob's birthday yesterday. We had a really good time celebrating it. We had Adam Lefko on the show. I had great, great time. Um, anyone else has some funny stories from this week? Um, I don't know about anything particularly funny, but, it, this was my break week. So I went to the shore for a few days, which was fun. And I saw a few dolphins, which was fun. All right. Jeremy went on a little trip up to, uh, ocean city he said he saw dolphins, which I'm incredulous of, but hey, it works. Um, Daniel, how's the arm feeling? Back in commission. Yeah, I mean, arm's feeling good. Uh, mobility's back. Still got a nice little scar, feeling like uh, Harry Potter. Um, but yeah, I feel a bit uh, through today. Nice tight spiral. Felt like everything was on the money. And I got my first game in a while tomorrow, Thanksgiving football. It's going to be a game. I'm going to hit Ellis. What? Did I say that out loud? And speaking of speaking of Ellis, Ellis, uh, are you excited for Thanksgiving football tomorrow? Of course. Um, I'm a bit afraid of Fox. I think he's going to need to bring in Haler because last time we played, he was literally on the ground after every play. But I'll bring one for him. So let's move on to MLB free agency. Should be pretty interesting for a sport that's not interesting. But I'm going to let Daniel and Jacob kind of talk about this one because I don't know as much. Yeah, so um, I actually just wrote an article on this. I'll post it on the Twitter um, in a little bit. But me and Jacob were discussing a little bit. I We were talking about the free agents. Jacob said, I can't believe, I didn't realize how many good free agents there are. So what you have here is you have a clear top five, right? You have JT Muto, who is the best catcher free agent in recent history. You have Trevor Bauer, first Scion to winner to uh, be in free agency in a long time. You have George Springer. Pedigree, uh, had 40 home run season, or close to it, I think, two years ago. Um, you have DJ Mayhew, uh, MVP, MVP runner-up. And you have Marcelo Zuna, who was one of the best offensive players in the game. So those are five clear top five. And I just want to ask Jacob, uh, since I guess this was a me and him segment, I just wanted him to think, what teams do you expect to be active this winter? I mean, I have big hopes for the Yankees to hopefully be active, but then again, every winter I hope for that, and most winters they're not. So I, do, I would just love to see them re-sign DJ LeMahieu, 
Obviously, I want them to go out and get Bauer, but I also think the White Sox are going to be pretty active. The Mets with their new owner, a lot of new money there, a whole new front office. They're going to be pretty active, I'm thinking. I think the Blue Jays will also be pretty active. They're a young team, a lot of young talent, and if they can get some veterans, some better pitching, their offense was pretty explosive last year, so I think they could be pretty active. Yeah, I think when you look at the Blue Jays and the White Sox, obviously we saw the White Sox very active last offseason with the action positions of um, Grandal, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez. I think the Blue Jays are in a similar situation because they have that young offensive core, but they really don't have enough pitching besides, behind Yunjin Ryu to really compete. Um, so I expect the Blue Jays to be active. Maybe they're going to be in on LeMahieu. There's some talks they'll be on on Real Muto. Uh, they're definitely going to be in on those second-level starting pitchers. I have Paxton going to the Blue Jays. I think that would be a great fit. I expect the White Sox to still be active. I have Springer going to the White Sox. I think he would slot him really well in right field. And, of course, the Mets. The Mets are going to be on, in on every single free agent. And it's not just they – it's not just – they might get real Muto and still be in on everybody. Like, they have money to spend. But Mets fans, as you know, they, they get their hopes up and they get let down a lot. But it might – we got to see if it's a new era in Queens. Um, personally, for the Red Sox, uh, I'm looking at Marcelo Zuna. I think he would be really well. You could hide his poor defense in left field in front of that monster. I think his swing is picture perfect for Fenway Park. Yeah, so I think, I think the number one guy I'm more, most interested to see what happens to is Trevor Bauer. Because not only is he the personality, but he's an interesting case because he has only had two, would, would you say, ace-level seasons. And he's past 30 years old. He's expressed interest in having a short-term contract. Um, so it's really interesting. I had him going to the Padres because I think the Padres, with losing Mike Clevenger, they're going to need an ace because Chris Paddock took a clear step back last year. They have Denilson Lamette, um, but has he really proven himself to be an ace? Has Trevor Bauer proven him to be an ace? But we know the Padres are going to go all in. That's what you're looking for when you're predicting teams to be on the free agent market, uh, to be active on the free agent market. Are they in? The Blue Jays are in. The White Sox are in. We saw that with Tony LaRusso. We saw them with their free agent acquisitions last year. The Mets are in with this ownership. And then you look at teams that are desperate. The Phillies are really desperate. One of the worst offensive in ba- offenses in baseball last year, even with Bryce Harper. They need to win now. It's going to be year three of Harper, and they are going up against the Braves, who just won the division, the Nationals, who were world champs and still have Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, and the Mets, who have a great core and are now going to be spending all this money. So I expect the Phillies to be desperate. And one last team, I expect the Angels to be very desperate. You have Mike Trout. He's now 20. Eight, uh, going into his twi- age 29 season, and they need to win. And it's embarrassing that it's not even that they're like 85 wins every year. It's just missing the playoffs. They, are, they were terrible last year. And how are you terrible? I know Mike Trout, didn't, he missed a couple games, um, didn't have quite the Mike Trout season. But you have Mike Trout, you have Anthony Rendon. They need pitching, and I think they're going to they're gonna go all in on Bauer, but you could almost guarantee they're going to get one of those second-level guys Paxton, Tanaka, Jake Odorizzi, uh, one of those guys they're going to have to get. I think an undervalued free agency move we have to watch for is the Red Sox. They sign Alex Cora, and coincidentally, they buy a bunch of drones and cameras and trash cans. And, you know, this is, a, this is very important. I mean, it might go under the radar, not players, but this is capital. We know how much Alex Cora loves looking at other teams' players and how much he loves analyzing tape during games and sending in signals in games. And this is going to be very important for the Red Sox to somehow come back to relevancy. This is things that, you know, you have the big names. You have Trevor Bauer. You have JT Realmuto. But these are small, undercover things going on in the LMB that you have to keep a watch out. Daniel, back, back to the free agency. And Ellis, yeah. 
Cora's not free agency. That's just the manager. But back and to his free- acquisition of equipment. Back to, back to the free agency, what yeah. we mentioned earlier, the depth. And I think one of the positions that has the most depth this year is shortstop. Mm-hmm. we got Didi, yeah. Angleton Simmons, Marcus Semien, and I'm sure there's others. But, uh, Dan, where, where do you think those three are going to end up? Yeah, I, I completely forgot about because, you know, you got those top-level guys, and there's so many teams that need starting pitching. And that's, you know, you can piece together offense. That's what money ball is. But you need to pay for starting pitching. So the shortstops are kind of flying under the radar. But you have three guys. People forget about Marcus Simeon. He was third in the MVP two years ago. Had a step back in a 60-game season. He's past age 30. Doesn't have a whole lot of track record besides that one season. But he's interesting. Didi Gregorius, a good offensive shortstop. Left-handed shortstop. You don't see that very often. And Andrew Simmons is still probably the best defensive shortstop in baseball. So those are three guys. Uh, Teams that are looking for them, looking to see shortstops. One is the Reds. The Reds will sign one of these guys. I think Didi Gregorius would be a great fit because they have a lot of – they have Suarez, a lot of right-handed power in that lineup with Castellanos, with Suarez. So I think Gregorius would be a great fit at the bottom of the lineup, a team that was so reliant on home runs. Gregorius will give you the 270 to 280 average with some pop. Uh, Angelton Simmons, I see him a good fit with the Yankees. I think infield defense, if, especially if, – if they lose LeMahieu, I think Simmons is a great fit. You move Glaber to second, Simmons yeah. to short. Rochelle at third. That is an elite infield defense. And Simeon, I think I had him. I think he's a great fit with the Angels, um, especially if they lose Simmons, get a little bit more punch in that lineup. Um, and then they'll, they, have, they have a really good infield with uh, Rendon, Lestella, if they re-sign Lestella. Oh, and David Fletcher, who had a really good season. So those are kind of the teams I'm looking at. Shortstop, but Jacob, you're absolutely right. The depth of this free agent class is those shortstops. And those second-degree second pitchers. I, I will finish up Daniel's point because, as we were saying, this, this free agency class, very, very deep. No clue where all these, all these, these stars are going to go. But he said the, the shortstops are being slept on. But also these, the most depth is that pitcher. There's so many good pitchers. There's a couple good aces. Jeremy, finish off this section. Well, I just would like – you know, I'd like to finish off this section with an offer to the Mets. Because, you know, we're talking about them being relevant. They have new ownership. It's the Mets. They're not going to be relevant. You know, I've said it before – they're never going to be the most important thing in the stadium. It's always going to be the U.S. Open. So yes, you know sir. what you do when you, can't, when you can't beat them, when you can't beat the U.S. Open, you got to move. And you know who doesn't have a baseball team right now? New freaking Jersey. So I'm telling you, Mets, no, come here. We, we do not want the Mets. Come to Jersey. No, do not We will come root here. for you. We will give you a team. You know, in our hometown. South no. Orange, Maplewood. You know, we got some space here. We got a good field. Underhill. You know, it, you'll get more fans than you do at your current stadium. Come on, come join us. As you guys can tell, Jeremy's baseball knowledge is not to the extent, but a great offer from the state of New Jersey. Yeah, come on, come say hi. We don't have much at the armpit of America, but we can't have the Mets. All right, let's move on. Got some NFL poetry prepared for you this week. First, we have Ellis Gordon. This one is called The Ballad of Brady. Rams versus Buccaneers. What a game. Aaron Donald roughed up Tom Brady's weak frame. Jared Goff looks like a guy that owns a poodle. Tom Brady's arm is a noodle. Tom Brady's a washed-up little He doesn't give handshakes to bad quarterbacks like Mitch. Tom Brady's slander is so fun. I love that he looks so washed and done. Seahawks got back on track. The Seahawks defense gave Kyler Murray no slack. Who's going to win the tight NFC West? Jamal Adams is going to eat a nice turkey breast. Up next, Daniel Fox with the AFC East. Patriots and Texans on CBS. Cam Newton gave the Texans D quite the test, 
But it was Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and Co. who came up on, came out on top. The Patriots need to go to the linebacker shop. The Jets went back to their losing ways, although their effort deserves some praise. Flacco was solid, as was Frank Gore. They were just overmatched by the Chargers' receiving core. Ooh, the Dolphins put up a stinker in the Big D. Tua struggled, now on the bench he be. Now the division may be out of hand. Please, can Ellis put on some pants? Snap, snaps all around. I thought that was a You're great point. Up next, we have Jacob Kazin with the NFC East. Okay, here I am. My New York Giants had a nice bye, and with a win this week, can take first place. The football team and Cowboys play on Turkey Day are in a super tight race. The Eagles are getting healthy, but they'll keep finding ways to lose. But in the end, this whole division is just one big snooze. Very nice. Up next, we have me with the NFC North. Yes. Give us your, give us your, your. All right. So this is inspired by Kendrick Lamar. This DNA. I got, I got, I got, I got Detroit. I got Michigan inside my DNA. I got losing. I got loyalty inside my DNA. I got Red Wings, Pistons, Tigers, Lions in my DNA. I got sadness, Stafford, 016 inside my DNA. I was born like this, this week like this. What can I say but more? We thought we had an easy dub, but Panthers ran the score. I don't contemplate a medit. They can't have more that's said. But then Patricia craps a bed. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got realness. We just got killed because it's in our DNA. Mac gets millions. We get nothing because it's in our DNA. We got got Marvin, Maddie, Kenny, Swift. Yeah, it's in their DNA. But we lost it. Yeah, we did because it's in their DNA. In a Vikings play again. They lose again like Drake. They back to back. But I guess it doesn't matter because the Colts, they beat the pack. You see Re- Rivers. You see Dimes. Yeah, the comeback ain't it real. Then Rodrigo comes out and yeah, he seals the deal. Tell me something. You Giants Jets fan can't tell me nothing. I'd rather sleep than listen to you. Detroit DNA, not for imitation. New York DNA, an abomination. That's how it is when you live in the Midwest. Y'all still claiming y'all are the best Pats fan. Can't listen to you. Hop on the Bucks fan like TB did too. Cut the mic. This ain't a rap. But I know that who's on top best poetry trophy is in my lap. Ooh, okay, okay. Very nice. All right, I get snaps. Now we have Jeremy with his... AFC South? Yep. So well, we're doing it a little bit different this week. This week we are looking forward to a Week 12 matchup for the division lead between the Titans and the Colts. And this is inspired by Cabinet Battle, the first one. Jaguars and Texans, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you are here in Week 12 AFC South. You ready for the division decider? Huh? The game's on the table. Backfield King, Derrick Henry's plan, the truck D. Leonard, and establish a division lead. Frank Wright, you have the floor, sir. Good. Good D, P Rivers, and under three picks. We fought for these ideas. We shouldn't settle for less. They are strong words. Enterprising men quote them. Don't act surprised, you guys, because I'm a do um. But Mike Bravo forgets. His plans would have DeForest bowed to Derek's crown. Now, place your bets on who that benefits. The very seat of power where Mike Bravo sits. Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. If Tennessee is in trouble, shouldn't D Leonard end it? Uh, our dear paid, I'm afraid. Don't tax the Colts because Nelson's got it down in the shade. In Indy, we train our players from the ground. We create. You just went and moved Tannehill around. Your offensive plan is an outrageous old brand and it's one page easy for any man to understand. Stand with me, the land of Frank Wright. And pray to God we never see Mike Vrabel's general management team. Look, when Green Bay had us down, we got frisky. 
Imagine what's going to happen when you try to run an hour D. Thank you, head coach Frank Wright. Head coach Frank Mike Vrabel, your response. Frank Wright, that was a real nice declaration. Welcome to the present. You're running a real franchise. Would you like to be new or stay mellow and run the hell out by your star running fellow? Philip Rubes assumes your offense. Your defense gets a new line of credit, a financial diuretic. How do you not get it? We're aggressive and competitive. Our team gets a boost. You'd rather give your offense a sedative? A football lesson from a creator. Hey, neighbor, your offense is okay because your defense does all the labor. We create. You just went around, moved Tanhill around. You keep ranting while Phillip's trying to, to run panting. And another thing, Mr. New Era Enlightenment, don't lecture me about the defense. You didn't play in it. You think I'm frightened of you, man. I almost died in the trench. Well, you were off getting high, probably on the bench. Philip Rivers, never hesitant, always throw and recitant. There's never a plan, always interception. Team Mil- Hilton, you mad as a hatter, son, take your medicine. Damn, you're in worse shape than our dead is in. Sitting there, useless as two sh- Hey, turn around, bend over. I'll show you where my shoe fits. Fire every week. Fire every week. All right. That concludes our poetry section. Please tell us in the comments who you thought won. Uh, me or Jeremy. I think Jeremy gets it this week again because he gets it every week. But anyway, um, I'm not salty about that or anything. So let's talk about wacky sports. Ellis, uh, giving that you're our most wacky analyst, most wacky person. Uh, please talk to us about sports. Thank you, Ori. That beautiful intro. Our Wacky Sport of the Week is a good one. I know we didn't have one on the Lefko show, but that was a Thanksgiving special. So we're back stronger than ever. And this Wacky Sport is face ball. And from the title, I assume you guys know what it's about, but we're going to dive deep into this one. So face ball and the title, the subtitles, what happens when nerds are allowed to invent a sport? So us. The only equipment, here's how the game goes, right? Two players both sit in a chair facing each other, 10 feet apart. One player starts by throwing the ball at the opponent's face. And a throw can be a kick, whatever. Not a throw, that's what I'm saying. Like a lob, a kick, whatever body part, but you're 10 feet away, so it's probably either going to be a kick or a throw, right? The opponent has to stay still and cannot flinch. The thrower can throw the ball every time he hits his head. He gets a point, and he'll throw the ball until he misses his head. And then vice versa. Then it goes to the other person. And you just have to stand there and get hit in the head by a ball. And I think whoever taps out, Oh, oh, no, I'm wrong. It's, it will, it's either tap out or if you are hit, you're awarded one point. Whoever has the most points after like three rounds, I believe, it is the game. Or you tap out. So game of steel, I cannot do this because, you know, I don't like getting hurt. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Soft. So, yeah. This, this reminds me of a, actually Gabe, my Russian fencing coach, told me. This is a German game called Schlager. Well, this is, this is an interesting sport. I actually think I have a bit of a more, a more violent version of this sport. So my fencing coach... He, my Russian French coach, he told me of a sport called Schlager. What this sport is, this is a German sport, and then by German college kids. Essentially what it is is that two people fence each other with no masks on, and you aim for the face. Who, and whoever bows out first loses. If I Doesn't seem very COVID safe. I mean, you know, I mean, when you're getting hit with swords in the face, I mean, COVID's important enough. Don't get me wrong. Do not ignore COVID. But, like, when you're getting hit with a sword in the face, I feel like COVID's a little bit of the side concern. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I worry about, I worry about COVID, but I want my eyes, first off. And so, you know, I just think if, if you want to do this kind of thing, you should go, you got to go all the way. And you got to do that. That's all I'm saying. And if you get hurt doing this, we take no responsibility. Cool. So a little out of order this week, but we'll do obituaries after because it seems like appropriate to do obituaries after that sport was introduced. So, Ellis, give me some morbid music. Let's do it. 
All right. In addition to Ori Benary, Dana Miller, um, Molly Miller, and Tali Benary, Joe Burrow joins the Torn ACL Club. Welcome home, buddy. We will give you plenty of matzo ball soup and a lot of banana bread. Jiron J- Brown hurt his elbow. Jiron, figuring out how to pronounce his first name. Jiron, Jiron, Jiron. Cool. Randall Cobb hurt his leg after his wife tried to nibble on it like a corn cob. Um, Kenny Stills hurt his leg. He's thought it was Kenny Stilts. So, yeah, he hurt his leg from that. Josh Allen, the Blade Runner. No, not the Blade Runner. Josh Allen, not the Blade Runner, hurt his knee. Ellis, I saw Ellis's face just Blade dry. Runner can't get hurt. He can't. Ronnie Harrison hurt his knee. Mike Ford got a concussion trying to prove that Henry Ford was anti-Semitic. Lane Johnson hurt his shoulder driving into Daniels Lane. Derek Barnett hurt his knee. And Rex Burkhead uh, hurt his knee, not his head, which was surprising. But surprisingly, this was another short obituary list. Um, Daniel's healing. Daniel's hairline is not healing. Um, and Ellis is still soft. So short injuries this week and short episode. Anything else anyone wants to say? Yeah, let's conclude real quick. Thank you for listening to episode 39 and 39 and a half, whichever one you please, that can be it. Um, if you haven't listened to our Thanksgiving special with Adam Lefko, go do that now. I mean, it's a great episode. There's no reason not to listen. We had a really good discussion with Adam Lefko. And again, thank you for him for coming on. As always, follow our Instagram at what.podcast and our Twitter at what.podcast. This was a capital W. The Instagram's all lowercase. Thank you to everyone listening. We got to 1,500 listens. It's almost been a year. It's the 25th we're recording on, which means it'll it's less than a month. We'll have our year anniversary. It'll be very fun. And that will be amazing too. But thank you for listening. Again, 1,500 is great. We, we, we really appreciate it over here. Um, listen to this podcast or any of our episodes on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts too. I, I, think, I think that's it. So as always, have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Hope you enjoyed the two episodes this week and have a great Thanksgiving. and. Goodbye.